This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. So just getting out for a morning walk. Let's slip through the back gate. <clears throat> and updates. Seems to be mostly doing this uh, hashtag game. <clears throat> Fantasy. Whippalooza, and already the the amount of conversation, uh, at least for myself, has has gone up a great amount, and that's that's welcome. But also, it's it's this nice feeling of uh, promoting. So I'm promoting other people, and and they're promoting Sesmoi, and. Uh, a nice development is uh, Erica Rose has agreed to be co-host so there's that sort of share quality and uh, very welcome because she's been quite cool and um, sort of giving some suggestions and pointing stuff out and and yeah and, and, and just sort of the, for me it's the thought that there's somebody else that it's not just me, you know, sort of, you know, sort of get on my game. I noticed this morning I I did day, I wrote it as day 10, but it's actually day 11. So that's a sort of a, a minor thing. I think that was sort of my kind of impulse to to sort of, to suggest it, you know, to, to Eric, Erica. And then, um, and, the, and then the ever-wonderful oracular beard uh, who is uh, omnipresent in the background uh, and and appears to have fun and so uh, and to I you know I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that will continue because he's sort of bringing this kind of joie de vivre this uh, this the wonderfulness that sort of uh, balances you know because can easily get into this kind of rut of, you know, why am I doing this, right? So you have this wonderful person who's uh, putting it in th- into perspective. And so let's see, where are we? I've been noticing these fences recently that have been going up. There's these they're sort of like um, faux cast iron. They're not actually cast iron. They're aluminum, but they're painted black. And the, the, the place I'm looking at, I'm not looking at it. It's, uh, it's got <coughs> the, uh, the stone, bit of stone facade. Uh, it's the sort of turn of the 19th, is it 19th? Turn of the 20th century, so it would be sort of 1900s. You know, reaching back to the Victorian headboardian, but I, I just noticed the fencing in a couple places, and that has uh, and what the fencing. It's just it's just interesting because I, I I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it before, and it's. Uh, 
I'm just thinking, is, is it cheaper to make it? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that, say, they're pouring it into molds. The thing, too, with the, the cast iron was that somebody had to sit there and, they, you know, heat it up, bend it uh, into these shapes. Uh, blacksmith, right? So, there's an element of, oh, there's a local artist, Quinn Martins, and he kept using this word. It's not, it might be simulacrum. I think it's simulacrum where it's this, it's an imitation, but it cre- it, it has its own uh, sort of existence. And so, what's an example of that? <clears throat> a copy of something else. It, it, it happens in pop culture. You know, where you have this sort of character kind of mimicking and then it takes on its own life. <clears throat> because these fences are not you know good old cast iron right and and that's and that's the what they're going for so it's the weather today so it's slightly oppressive Slightly oppressive, not incredibly, say, threatening, you know, as far as rain goes, but it's, uh, so there's the potential of it, and there's, there's a bit of the barometric pressure. We get some days where there doesn't seem to be any pressure, you know, even though it's cloudy and it might be rainy, and then others it's just this, ugh. <clears throat> Uh, and that that sound effect was brought brought to us by what's the word for that kind of like the walls are closing in kind of in a physical sense yeah sort of be, trying to re- remember it's kind of like being underwater and you can feel that pressure there we go I think that was some fresh description there Okay, so writing. I'm doing. Um, skateboards are always good. I'm always impressed that that was a skateboard going by. And uh, it, it's it's nice for a couple of reasons. Like that was a, a middle-aged guy. You know, that was sort of like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, that they've been around for 50 years. So that's another sort of interesting, interesting thing. I had a skateboard. I had a skateboard, a banana board for for a bit. But it, I just didn't connect. Maybe if, say, I was around, say, friends who had them, something might have happened, but... I just kept falling off. So, you know, there was... Yeah. I didn't have that aspiration. Like, you know, the, the rock and roll guitarist, 
right, that you want to emulate. Hey, there's the simulacrum again. I want to be like that person. <clears throat> and so, let's see. Just saw somebody walking and they looked a bit lost. Uh, do you ever do um, character, uh, like people watching, in order to sort of say, get better descriptions or just sort of sum, summing up a person? And as a, this person, it's a woman. She's got glasses. Her hair is tucked under this toque. It's blue, but a kind of faded blue. And then her jacket as well is blue, but again, it's this faded blue. She's pushing a stroller or a baby carriage, I guess. That's another name. I can't can't see the kid. I've had this thing that happens sometimes where I assume that there's a baby there, and it turns out that, you know, the person is... I'm not sure, like, it's empty or that there's some kind of shopping bag there. And I was like, hmm, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, You know, used for a different purpose. Uh, So my writing is at, uh, still at chapter three... And it's interesting because I'm, I'm getting a sense of uh, doing this thing on, on Pinterest where I'm collecting images that are collecting and putting into categories images for characters and places. And then I'll sort of drift and I'll find myself in one area or another. And I got into thinking about um, thought bubbles. And so that's a, that's a possibility, right? That say, in this particular place that the main character is going in Terrapin, that there's this thing with thought, thought bubbles. That you can actually see someone's thought bubbles. And I was thinking along the lines of, say, like when you're un- underwater, that, you know, you, you would breathe out and there would be these bubbles. Almost like a... Uh, almost like a nod to cartoons and cartoons and art where there's this like say you have fish talking right and there would be these bubbles that would be going up you know and if, I'm pretty sure that that's not the case right they're just they're getting their oxygen through their gills and the water passing through their gills uh But uh, uh, that popped up uh, going through, uh, I was going through Pinterest and one of my go-tos even before Pinterest, I would be doing a uh, Google image search. Uh, Often 
It would be surreal art, surrealism, or it would be uh, art for was a, a concept art for fantasy. Can't can't really just type in fantasy because all of a sudden this re- this really um, cliche uh, saccharine um, what's another word for it uh, sentimental uh, sort of get this pop up. What do I mean by that? Unicorns, but not say cool unicorns or medieval unicorns or something I can use. It's very um, uh, glittery, but kind of sort of strangely, not contemplative, but sort of... um, For for me, there's a kind of creepy element to it. It's sort of like, you know, it's, what do I mean by that? Kind of a kind of a suburbia fantasy, and then what do I mean by that? Grit. There's a lack of grit. There's a lack of reality. It's it's fantasy on top of fantasy, like this kind of idealized utopic. And I I don't I don't go for that. Um, you know, that perfect place where nothing bad happens and, you know, nature is good and, you know, all these animal spirits are my friends and... So there's a... Sort of talking, finding myself saying this, I'm going, oh yeah, so there's a slant. I have a bias against these these pictures. Like uh, the animation, uh, the GIF GIFs are of... uh, sort of sparkling and there's a kind of cuteness to the whole thing. And so, yeah, so I'm not I'm not on that page. And uh, that's not to say I don't I don't like cute things, but it's sort of like say it's too like too much candy. Like a little bit of candy is good. Almost like a balance. And then after a while, start feeling sick, right? Just, it was like, oh. I almost feel like pairing up. It would be interesting to do a kind of parody or have characters that were these um, cute, fantasy, glittering, sort of naive and innocent and in love, right, very romantic, Uh, and then having, you know, using something like, you know, the Dark Lord trope, or orcs encountering these characters, you know, goblins, the antithesis, and, uh, you know, why do you sparkle? (laughs) Why are you endlessly smiling to yourself? What's? Don't you realize that we are going to enslave you and march you to Mordor? Mordor. Uh, and too, it's uh, those images, those little animations are all about expressing. The, and and they are memes, 
right? They are expressing this uh, emotion. And am I envious of those people? <laughs> there is something, there is something beautiful, right? I, I can acknowledge that. There's this kind of, there's this idea of beauty. There's so many different, you know, ways to say something is beautiful. And, uh, you know, my go-to is, you know, I, I prefer, say, in poetry. But less about, say, oh, I can't remember the, the word for it, but the, you know, sort of the poetry, you know, sort of life is terrible, growing up on the farm, you know, the, the dog is dead, these kind of country music um, poetry, which is not to say that all country music is like that, but there's a, there's a specific tone And I'm I'm thinking more of say, you know, when I, when I studied poetry, not that that ever stops. Uh, but say we we were look, we're looking at Wordsworth, and we're looking at the this uh, manifesto about lyricism. I think it was, which really upset the table for me. All of that. It's just the. Um, Well, one one description for a sort of a vein of that emotion, the, the glittering is emo, right? Is this sort of you know tortured, you know, tortured, but it you know it comes across as pathetic, right? There's nothing wrong, but you know the person is kind of wallowing, and so that kind of you know that, that that's sort of another version of it. And two, if you're there, you're super into it. You know, that's that's your scene. Different different kind of beauties. Uh, there's the there's the fashion, even the haute culture, the high high culture uh, fashion, which is which is, say, avant-garde, very close, very close to art. It's sharing, you know, some of... There's a, there's a lot of sort of intersections that are happening. I'm just reminded of my, my cousin who will post these, uh, these pictures of... What would it be called? She'll, she'll post these pictures of... Um, it's sort of like an earthy, hippie... Like it's the... You know, it's the it's the perfect kind of... It's the, you know, the hippie chick who's finally left the city and, she, you know, she's getting back to nature. and uh, It kind of helps me because I sort of look at, uh, at my cousin. And... So I, I can say this. She's a she's a public person, uh, Christine Whelan, and, and she's back east. And she's very she's very into the um, I think I can say neo pagan. Uh, she's into that. She's into uh, 
I would I would say that I I don't know how she would say it, but I think she, I I look at it and go, well, there's a kind of supernatural thing going on, and she's uh, she does uh, card readings and and stuff, and we're we're kind of it's it's weird. We're sort of in the same terror territory, but we are uh, we are not, and and it feels like too that we can both navigate like say we can have a conversation even though we're not on the same page and it yeah it's we it's it's it, i think it's interesting because a lot of what i do is connected to what she's doing it's just that we're doing it you know totally different ways i like what uh uh tarot cards and um for myself i you know, I went and I looked up and I was like, oh, I thought they were older, but they're only like a, you know, a hundred years old, a little over a hundred years old. And they, they were invented. They're, um, it's a parlor game. Uh, it was, you know, it was created just like the Ouija board, right? You know, it's just invented. And if you don't go dig this up, there's this kind of aura of, you know, it's, oh, it's been around for, you know, thousands of years, and it, uh, I think one of the titles for the, um, tarot cards was the Book of Thoth, and Thoth is this Egyptian god, and so it's, it's reaching back into, into history, and, um, mythic as well, mythic history, you know, there's there's the bird-headed, ibis-headed deity, and he's, you know, concocted this, uh, this book in the form of these cards. And, and the writer in me, the fantasy writer in me, is just thrilled by this. I say, oh, yes, this is, this, you know, what fun. And the parlor game part of it, I, I look to... Uh, and, you know, it's sort of like Victorian England, right? You know, and this deck of cards comes out for fortune-telling and sort of, oh, you know, these people sort of gathering. They don't have TV or radio or... I don't think they even have record player, records at that time, but, uh, you know, vinyl records, precursor of CDs and DVDs. And so they're gathering in their parlor after, you know, reciting some poetry and, and you know, a song maybe and, you know, some, some kind of, you know, riddles maybe, asking each other riddles. Maybe they've, you know, they've heard a real zinger at work, right? Or, you know, heard from their friends a real, you know, amazing riddle. And so they pull out the tarot cards and they're going to, or the Ouija board, and they're going to tell each other's futures. And around that time, too, not that it ever didn't exist, but there's this, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's sort of like, it's not necromancy, but it's, um, what's it called? Seance. So there's seances, you know, and, and that stuff has always existed. Uh, and my and my cousin, my cousin's there. She, you know, she's on board. She does that kind of stuff. 
and I think I think it's interesting. But say for me, all all of that is story fodder, and I have this sort of this clear division. That said, I also look at it as um, say interpreting it. So I'll interpret the uh, psychology of it. Uh, like say, well, why do that kind of stuff? Like, what is it providing? And what sort of role uh, does my cousin um, fulfill? Right? You know, she's you know she's the fortune telling lady, right, with the crystal ball and all that stuff. And uh, and yet the you know in in, in conversation. Right, you know, it's you know we're cousins and we're just talking about you know it's like, you know, oh hey, you know, how's it going? And 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 too for me, there's a sense of story there. There's a sense of storytelling. There's a sense of um, um, understanding the the you know the mystery, right? What. You know the, the, the stuff we can't understand. Um, or say that is you know it's it's too it's too painful. You know we're just not uh, uh, built. You know the, we don't have the coping skills, and so we go to the local witch doctor or the priest or Imram or uh, Imram or. Um, you know, whatever uh, therapist. And say, for me, I'm sort of all looking at it, going, that person is doing the, you know, the, the same thing. You know, that's their role in society. And then the therapists, psychologists, you know, they'll, you know, they might distance themselves and say, you know, oh, no, no, it's, you know, it's not the same thing. And vice versa. I'm just, uh, I, and I, I'm just remembering having conversations with people who were deep into, say, uh, uh, cards, the, the tarot cards, um, which and two, which are also based on a card game. Uh, in, I think it's Italy, and the you can see the symbols quite easily being used. The symbolism uh, it's transferred over to tarot, and the symbols are co- coins on these Italian uh, this old Italian game. So it's coins, swords, cups, and sort of staves, these sticks, clubs, there we go. And you can kind of get a feeling, like say, I say clubs, and you go, oh, like a, you know, like a stick, you know, not like a, you know, we see a three-leaf clover in this, I want to say westernized, but anyways, you know, the cards we see now, that they are coming from that tradition of these Italian cards. I have a small pack around somewhere. And, and, and it's still played in um, 
the uh, Italian community. You know, Italian immigrants will bring it over, and so we'll get these cards in Vancouver. And that's how I picked up my pack. And what else can I say? Yeah, so, you know, the clubs in uh, the tarot deck... Well, I, I'm going to go for the Italian. In the, the Italian. So the clubs turn into... The, the wooden stick turns into the three-leaf clover, which we still call a, we call a club. So that translates across. Then we have... Uh, we have what, for us, it's called the spade, which is a, a shovel, right, for digging. And you can see, you know, you can see the sword there, right? It's kind of knife. It's a piece of metal, you know, with a wood handle. Uh, that, you know, and that, so that connects, that connects back to the, the swords in the Italian game. And then the... What are the other ones? So the coin in the Italian game connects to the diamond. So we have money going back and forth. Uh, and then finally, the heart in the, the pack, you know, the, the cards used in North America. And so for in the, the Italian game, uh, cups. So cups and hearts. And why? I think that's coming from... It might be coming from the uh, sort of like the Catholic cup, right? Which is, you know, the, the Christian religious symbol. You know, it has this wine in the cup, and the wine is symbolic of the blood. It's a sacrificial offering that Christians will drink in order to remember. And... You know, symbolic. But anyways, that that whole, you know, the, the drinking from this sort of Holy Grail cup is, uh, there's this uh, uh, love involved, compassion, right? So that's where we get the heart reference from. This is me reading into it. So we have this card deck, this Italian card deck, but that's not enough. The people who uh, uh, created the tarot deck that what they did is they they came up with the um, they used the Italian deck as the minor arcana and uh, you can kind of see arcane in arcana and so they called the Italian deck the minor arcana and then they invented the major arcana up on top and this is where we you know we have a lot of Symbolism and it's this huge mixture of Christian Judaic symbolism. Uh, it has Masonic stuff going on, which in itself is is connected to Christianity and and Jewish symbolism. It's got uh, zodiac stuff going on, so you know Greek Babylonian. Uh, Roman stuff going on. Just checking the time. And we're halfway there. So let's go down to the other street. And 
the whole the whole premise and too I'm it's something I'd like to go back to. I'm just thinking it's like yes, when I get back home I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna turn on the interactive idiot box and see if I can, you know, get some some more info from the uh untrustworthy Wikipedia. Maybe I can, you know, get sort of like a a good history sort of, you know, recommendation of book or uh something that goes into the into the history of how it was put together and um into it would be interesting to sort of revisit and go, well where did that happen and who put it together and um just to finish with the, the major arcana, this the arcane stuff. That uh so we have uh these big subjects like those cards have whereas the the other ones are called say you know the six of clubs or the the four of hearts this big stuff is you know uh the, the cards are called the sun i think another one's called the world um I'm pretty sure another one's called the wheel. It might be a wheel of fortune or fate. You have this spinning wheel with these figures rising and falling. And there's death. There's the devil. Um, these are, these are. You know, partly I want to say there's something archetypal going on, but um, personifications. So here we have personifications, you know, sort of summed up. Here's the sun personified. Here's death personified. Death is riding a horse. Uh, here's evil personified. Here's the devil, right? On and on um, through these, yeah, really personifications. Here's the fool looking up into the sky and about to step off a cliff. Uh, here's the hermit in the darkness with a lantern. And part of me, part of me goes, it's like, you know, this is really awesome stuff. Uh, like, viewed from, say, the psychological, viewed from, uh, as a writer, it's, it's been used a lot. It's been used to sort of, say, figure out, say, uh, you do tarot card readings for your characters, much like, say, using the I Ching, which is a, a Chinese fortune-telling where you use, I think it's three coins, right? And you, depending on if it's, uh, you know, heads up or heads down, then, uh, you know, you look up in this big book and sort of see see what the fortune is. And then you, you, you bring your biased interpretation, right? Or you have a guide, much like my cousin, you know, that Christine would respond and i would say that like a, any good therapist that she um which and she does that too she's a counselor right so it's this mix of this sort of the old and the new but anyways so she you know you'd go in to see her and then you would get this she would be listening she'd be asking questions and I would argue the best example of that is where um, it's reflection, right? So it's 
the whole session is about reflecting back to you, right? You're giving this information and then you're being shown, right? Really, you're being shown yourself. Like, this is you, or this is sort of like, you know, the best thing I can cobble together of, you know, this is what you're telling me, and so I'm sort of showing it back to you. That whole tall, dark, and handsome thing, you know, that that is, it's cliche, but it it's it's all about sort of um, interpretation, like finding out. The reaction of the person who hears this, it, you know, and two, if you do, if you do your job and if you do a good reading, therapy session, you know, um, then you will, you know, not only will you get, say, paid and get a tip, get the thanks of this person for this therapy uh, or counseling, but you will also, that, that person will go out and say, I just had this amazing, you know, feedback. You know, it was like, it was like they were in my mind, right? It was like they, you know, and uh, I guess it's that the objective, you know, that the objective is the outside, and when you're outside, you can see things that are happening to the person who's being subjective, that they're inside themselves and they can't see, you know, what is going on, where they are in their life. So you have this outside person, hopefully, who's, you know, giving you guidance. I think the, the, the part that concerns me is the supernatural side of it, where... And that, that's, the, that's the dangerous stuff for myself and, say, for people who are, who, who require reality, like they, you know, uh, or else that say, you know, they go off the, the tracks and, you know, and they're, they're looking for, you know, they're, you know, they're demons, right? The bad part of themselves manifest, right? You know, someone's casting a curse on me. You know, who is it? And so, uh, my, my cousin, my cousin is smart. My cousin is, I think, wise. And my, I don't, I don't see her as being into that kind of stuff, which is sort of like I'm thinking of like the, the Jim Jones kind of thing or sort of cults where people aren't being shown themselves and instead they're being, you know, led by this, um, I want to say vivacious leader. So who's, who's taking advantage of them? There's this, uh, there's actually there's a couple cults in um, Korea and South Korea. And one of them has actually come over here. And it is the, um, they used to show up at the airports with flowers. And so now they have a whole, uh, for, for the outsider, it's this bizarre, um, it looks bizarre, right? And they'll do bizarre things. And I'm just, they had this sort of interesting, interesting name. It'll pop up, I'm sure. And uh, so that was one cult. And then just recently in politics and news and and business, this cult was uh, connected to the old di dictatorship uh, that ended in in the 1980s. But um, 
the influence and this connection continued. Uh, it was connected to the dictator's daughter, and just recently the dictator's daughter became president of Korea. And but she was tied to this cult, and you know it's you know it was her religion, and uh, but it backfired because they were taking advantage of this relationship, and then it turned into treason because the cult had access to this um, vital information. They had the pipeline. And so here's the dictator's daughter, has become president, and then shoots herself in the foot. And and two, the, of course, the cult is uh, blind to this. I'm sure not all of the cult is, but the cultists are, you know, um, demonstrating and they, you know, they, they can't believe that their uh, religious leader would, you know, commit treason. Or if, if they did commit treason, it was, you know, valid and for all the right reasons. And so there's a, bit of a, there's a bit of power that exists there. And, you know, and to, it's not just in a cult, right? It's, it's all over the place. And there's people who will buy in, you know, why? It's the, it's the opiate of the masses. It's, you know, we desperately crave. Uh, why? Because, you know, to, to turn and face, uh, you know, the cause of our suffering, it's worse. You know, it's better to, it's better to believe in something uh, that seems impossible. You know, Santa Claus... <clears throat> and for for myself I'll go the path of you know the imagination you know is amazing and wonderful and um it's hugely important in our lives you know to make believe and to imagine something until it becomes you know it shapes our reality our cognitive reality, uh, and yet there's there's a danger there, and uh, it could be an ideology, you know, such as communism, where you're asked to do something terrible, right? You know, we've we've got to get rid of the intellectuals, or we've got to get rid of the capitalist pigs, right? You know, and you're so desperate. And you've reached a, a frenzied point. Um, you just happen to be one of the 60% who will do what you're told. And then, boom. You know, you've got, a, you've got an uprising. You've got millions dead. Um, and then also that you've got, you've got the denial afterwards. Right? Well, I wasn't a part of that. Or they did it wrong or something like that. I feel like I'm off track, but I'm on track. So we're moving into the wrapping it up. Let's return to tarot cards. I've seen a couple jokes about tarot cards where people people played poker with tarot cards, and and then something you know supernatural happens. And, uh, 
and it's slightly slightly funny and creepy at the same time. <clears throat> I, th- I think that deep down there's an acknowledgement, and it doesn't matter what tools you use. I saw this uh, uh, documentary talking about wizards, specifically in the UK, and just going back and back and back to these shamanic figures. And one of the one of the examples they dug up was a kind of playing board and then these spoons. And I think they had a spoon on each end. There were these thin, narrow spoons. And it, it, it sort of was reconstructed and suggested that they were dropped. And then how they dropped determined the fortune-telling. And then it was a process of interpretation. And... Uh, in one sense, that's lost. We don't know how, you know, to do the interpretations. And then yet, on the other side, um, you, you know, you could make up any kind of sort of rules of the game and say, okay, you know, if they're facing this way, if they're faced up, if they're faced down, and, and sort of come up. Very much like the I Ching, throwing these three coins. Um, but then you'd need some kind of collection, right, of, of fortune-telling, uh, you know, sort of the how-to of interpreting. <clears throat> I can remember being a kid, and my mother did the I Ching. And then, I, I, I'm not sure if it was for me or... Anyways, so I was there, we, we were doing this, and uh, checking this out. And sort of sitting there, sort of, you know, oh, well, what does this mean? And of course, for me as a child, you know, I would be suggesting childlike things. But there is something of, uh, say, that I would be able to, I, w- I would have less of a kind of barrier in the way that I would be able to sort of say things creatively, right? And sort of like, you know, if, if a mountain comes up, that you know, my mother could ask me, say, oh, well, what is a mountain? And I would say, you know, oh, it's a very tall place, da-da-da-da-da. You know, how, how a child looks at the world, you know, through that different lens versus the adult, which is sort of concrete, you know. A mountain is a mountain, it's nothing else. There's no metaphor. So, let's see, just thinking of other kind of fortune-telling. Something that's sort of similar but not similar is I did um, a couple things. I did a flotation tank and I did uh, past life regression, I think it was called. And both of them, I was not thinking of anything kind of supernatural and, and too, I did go to a fortune teller in Westminster, and uh, I had this. I was I was I was playing in a in a garage band, and I had this uh, turquoise short turquoise hair. This is back in the mid nineties, and uh, I was walking by, and I had the money, and I had the sort of the questions, so I just dropped by, and it was, and it was a. Uh, it was quite cliche. It was sort of this, uh, 
you know, and, and two, it sort of reminds me of my cousin because she's she does this kind of thing, right? Puts out a sign and then people drop by. Uh, so I'm just I'm just sort of just sort of thinking. Right, yeah, so I did this past life regression thing. And it's not that I believe in, re- in reincarnation. Uh, if anything, I think it's more of an incarnation, right? You know, you just... You, you arrive. And that kind of subverts the whole thing. But even with that, I'm, I'm skeptical. And then... Oh, come on, guys. I'm trying to record here. Thank you. The, uh, the, the crows get protective. Because, <laughs> like, say, they start nesting. You know, the, there's nests in these, these trees. Thought and memory. Thought and memory. It's the two, it's the two ravens or crows, of uh, Odin, the the Zeus of the North. So, so yeah, I did this past life thing, and and uh, uh, for me it was interesting, and it was, all, but what I saw was my imagination, and what I saw was uh, that it was that it was sort of a therapy moment or like having a dream, rather than. Because uh, at the end of the session, uh, I was directed towards Atlantis, which is a dump. Don't go to Atlantis. But in that, you know, for myself, I'm sort of going, that's me. You know, I'm looking at this mythical, transcendental city that has been lost in this, under the subconscious ocean. And it... It's me, though, right? It's not... It's the subconscious. It's not someplace that actually exists. It's me. It's my imagination. It's my psyche. And th- so that's how I... That's how I use everything like that. Um, but it, it, it's not a... I, I can't get into conversations with... You know, say, if I... If people on Twitter are talking about, you know, fortune-telling... I can't get into the conversation or that I'd have to sort of um, censor myself or just not even bother because and two, it's obvious right away you know, that they're they're talking about that they uh, you know, that for them that it's real and and part of that for me is you know, that's a bit freaky that's a bit, uh, not in a good way you know, that's it's like, you know, these people are, uh, in my books, that they are easily manipulated. And that's a sad sort of, <laughs> that's a sad sort of thing, is to be looking at someone and going, you know, ooh, don't drink the Kool-Aid. But I, I, I like to think that they're, say, you know, they're conscious of it as, as a tool rather than um, a reality. But then, of course, there's a, there's a disagreement there. There's an argument, you know. Well, what is reality, right? Uh, sort of a, the matrix spoon 
moments, right? If somebody decides, I think it works better though if you're consciously deciding that, say, the fortune telling and the symbolism. I think too, <laughs> kind of going off track, but I think too it has to do with shaping your reality. That say, because with true fortune telling, you can't change anything. You know, if you look at the or- Oracle of Delphi, you know, nobody, nobody gets out of that. And two, the thing that you're told has double meanings. You know, it can be interpreted several ways. So they're always right. You know, by the time that the fortune leaves the door, right, they're, they've been over it and they've cleaned it up and they're going, okay, you know, if the good stuff fails, it can still be looked at the, you know, the opposite way and then we can say, well, we warned you, but you wouldn't listen. So the whole fortune-telling thing, it's kind of a waste of time. You know, if it's about manipulating, manipulating the future. You know, if it's about sort of say, well, I'm going to find out when I'm going to die, right? So that I can, you know, take precautions. It's like, okay, right? So I have to stay inside 24 hours a day. It, it, it's kind of like the, these prophecies, like say, you know, in Lord of the Rings, where the Witch King, you know, uh, it's, it's promised, right, that no man can kill the Witch King. You know, and if you, if you don't read the for, if you don't read the foreshadowing, right, and you get to that moment with Aowen, uh, I am no man. That's so awesome, and uh, it, it's it's sort of like the death, the death knell of, of fortune telling for me. You know, trying to, trying to shape. It's like no, it's not going to work. That. Uh, how, how it does work, though, is it helps you to better understand yourself and to sort of make better, healthier decisions, hopefully healthier decisions. Uh, a part of it that I've seen is this sort of creepy kind of morbid, macabre, right? You know, oh, this is dark and strange, right? I'm dark and strange, so I want to... You know, I'm going to dabble in the dark arts, right? And what is it? Well, you get what you pay for, you know, and that's, um, it's, it's not a nice place. And it, and it says, it, it says, it says a lot if that's why you're getting into it. It's kind of a weird thing too, because it can be helpful, but it also can be hurtful. So it's however you load that kind of stuff. And I think I think a big part of that has to do with powered uh, power. That say uh, that a disempowered person who is um, disenfranchised and angry and bitter and is looking for a way to um, get what what is theirs back uh, through the outside. Right? They're not, it's not about being content and getting yourself back, which is weird because we always have ourselves, right? But, you know, it, I th- it's, in my reading of it, it's just, well, that it's just, uh, it's that we're kind of trained out of it or we're, you know, sort of convinced that, you know, the, 
you know, the, the, the me and the I don't exist, you know, and it's all outside. Uh, you know, what is it? The rich, was it the dreams of avarice, right? Anyways, yeah. But it, yeah, so this is, this is what I'm, this is, is sitting there thinking about fortune. Actually, the author, hash, writer, hashtag game, uh, that was one of the things that popped up because the topic or theme for the month had to do with beginnings. So I was thinking of beginnings, and I was thinking of, uh, you know, time starting, you know, the creation of things, and when do things begin, and uh, the foreshadowing, and the, um, you know, with personifications of fate, you know, and you know, here's these three rustic women who are weaving right the story of the universe <clears throat> that would be an interesting short story is to approach them and say you know hey can you can you help me out would it be a kind of monkey's paw situation right where you get this wish or these wishes that each of the norns or weird sisters will you know they'll give you an opportunity to adjust your fate and that by the end you just set everything back to the way it was hopefully realizing that you know <laughs> that's not how it works right <clears throat> and and then there's the greater argument of destiny or fate versus free will right if we do have free will then it is possible to subvert fate and destiny. But if we have free will, you know, then how, you know, how can destiny and fate or fortune exist? How can it be known? Or say, you know, say, it's like, okay, so let's say, you know, that it is possible to look into the future. Uh, you know, and there's also sort of, why would you? Why, right, yeah, so I can become, you know, rich and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well... And then, of course, you're going to do all the hard work and everything in order to get there. No, no, I'm going to subvert all that, right? I'm going to get, I'm going to get discovered, right? And then you'll do the hard work and everything. Oh, no, 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 you know, it'll just be a couple of photographs. and <clears throat> So I, I feel like I'm kind of exploring the, you know, the argument of... Um, yeah, if if you could, and, and and then it's nicely getting to alternate timelines and stuff, which are kind of like threads, right, of the tapestry, and that the Norns are weaving these alternate timelines. Now I'm finding going full circle back to, I sort of referenced it as an incarnation rather than an. Uh, reincarnation. Uh, reincarnation is nice if we just push karma aside. Uh, why is reincarnation nice? Just this notion of that, say, there's one thing that keeps popping up into existence. Like, say, each person that's born, then by extension, all life that's born is being sort of interwoven. But see, uh, my problem is, is 
I want to go that one step further and say that life, it's consciousness, it's all the same thing. So rather than reincarnating, it's incarnating. And two, I, I want to step away from the supernatural part of the whole metaphor and, and just go for sort of like a, a kind of consciousness, a kind of awareness of other people, that, you know, that they're containing the same uh, life, right? You know, this awareness that they have, it's the same thing I have. Animals, you know, we can see awareness in them. Nature, as in, you know, trees, plants. You know, this, the, the huge mushroom that's under the United States, uh, the, the big, huge fungus. That there's, a, there's levels of awareness happening. But I'm, yeah, I, I like thinking that, uh, or contemplating that that awareness is, that it's all one thing. And I, I think that that kind of connects with uh, Carl Jung's, I think it's called the unconscious collective, or the collective unconscious. That deep, deep, deep down, that there's this, uh, there's this state that is sort of connecting everything. At the very least, it's, it's, it's pleasant, right? And then at, at, the, at the very least, the very most, that it is a way to... It, 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 is, a, it is a good thing to be, uh, to be coming from, to be res- representing, rather than division and you know, demonizing someone else and saying, you know, you're different, so you're bad and instead going for sameness. I saw sort of like a buzz phrase for a while was celebrate diversity. And I had a bit of a difficulty with it because, uh, because I, wanted, I wanted sort of like the sameness within, you know, that in, inside our minds there's this sameness, so, you know, somewhere in our psyche. So... But I, I, I understand, you know, because you, you do step outside and you get this, you get this duality, um, you get, you do get this diversity, and so yeah, so to be able to celebrate it, it almost feels like that there ought to be, there ought to be something that does that, that exists, like say. At the moment, it's it's our, you know, hopefully, um, it's our democracy. And, you know, it, hopefully, it's our bureaucracy. You know, say if 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 we're keeping a close eye on everything, that it serves us, you know, more than we serve it. <clears throat> if that makes sense. It's, uh, anyways, it's, it's, a, it's a starting point. Discuss, discuss. Okay, thanks, thanks for listening. And there's some interesting stuff in there. And there's, uh, there's lots of nice nuggets of dilemma. Uh, all right, take care.